This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Aguten Erev Shabbos and Aguten Beshchodesh. Hope everyone is well. As we come to this week's parsha, Parshas Matos and Masay, we really conclude the end of Sefer Bamidbar. We say Chazak, Chazak with the completion of both these parshias. I think it's, it's amazing that finally, after quite some time, us in Eretz Yisrael, here in Chutzlar, in Eretz Yisrael, will be reading at least the same second parasha together. For so many weeks, we've been on a different schedule. And I think it's so apropos how we will be closing together this Shabbos in unity, reading Parashat Masay and closing Sefer Bar together. And I think that's important as we'll see that these parashas that we read this Shabbos are so relevant and so important to the time we find ourselves now, in the middle of the nine days, and how perfect it is that at a time like this, Kala Yisrael together will be reading the lessons, the messages of Parashat Masa and together declaring Chazak, Chazak, Venez Chazak. If one had to sum up Sefer Bamidbar and find a theme that runs through almost every parasha in Sefer Bamidbar, I venture to believe that that theme is speech. Koyach Adibar, the power of one's mouth. Look already at the end of Parshas Nasa, the Torah tells at the end of Parshas Nasa, at the end of sorry, the end of Parshas Mahaloizcha, the Torah tells us about the mistake of Miriam speaking Lashon Hara. That was not a violent act; that was a verbal act. Then we have Shalach with the Miraglim, the entire story of the Miraglim, which we mourn on every year. Tishabov, there was no violence involved. That wasn't a violent crime. That was a crime with speech. And then we have Kairach, Kairach's whole movement was all about speech, talking ill of Moshe Rabbeinu, gathering people on his side. And then ultimately we have Balak, and the entire story of trying to curse the Jewish people. But what was his attempt? His attempted attack was via words, speech. Curse the Jewish people with the words. And we close out with this week's parasha, Matos Masi, and obviously Matos is easy. Beginning of the parasha talks about Nidarim. A person can make something prohibited with his words. So the theme of, of Sefer Bamidbar is realizing the value, the importance, and even more so the power of speech. What speech can do, what words can do, how they can negatively affect the world. Lush and hara, slander, speaking ill of other people, speaking ill of Moshe Rabbeinu, speaking ill of Torah. But on the flip side, it can also be used in such a positive way. And I believe that's the connection to Parshas Masay. We read in Parshas Masay a story that to us, Bizman Hazeh, in the world we live in today, seems completely irrelevant. The Torah tells us in Parshas Masay the, the idea, the mitzvah, of known as an Miklot, a refugee city. If a person kills accidentally, by mistake, not on purpose, not out of hatred, just an accident. So the halach is he must run to one of these refugee cities and he stays there. But it's an interesting penalty. He doesn't stay there for X amount of years. He stays there until the Kohen Gadol dies. That there's some connection, there's some relevancy to the Kohen Gadol's death or the Kohen Gadol's life to his duration in the Ir Miklot. And many point out what is the connection to, <coughs> to the Kohen Gadol and this person being in the Ir Miklot. And the Mephoshim say because the Kohen Gadol should have davened on behalf of his people that such an accident shouldn't have happened. The Kohen Gadol is the leader. He's on the top of the top of the list. He's held accountable, so to say, on some level, for the fact that the people under him sinned. To me, that's such a statement of the value of a of, of realizing a person's role 
his responsibility to daven and to worry and to be concerned for those under him. And that's the, the role of the Kohen Gadol was to be an achroi, to be responsible for even accidents that happened in his community. That's the idea of responsibility, to take and to feel that achrai is that this is my kehill and I have to worry about them. And even mistakes shouldn't happen under my watch if I properly daven for them. I'm sure we know of teachers in Rabbeim, my children have had such wonderful teachers in Rabbeim, who when they start the school year off, they ask for the child's name because they want to daven for that child's name. And they talk a daven that that child should be matzliach. It's an amazing level of dedication, devotion of a teacher or a rebbe. To say, I want to daven for, my chi- for this child's success. You see, over an amazing story with David Salavechik Zatzal. Already when he was later on in years, a boy came to him and said, I want to join the yeshiva. And David Salavechik said, I'm sorry, I can't accept you into the yeshiva. So the boy said, Rebbe, can, maybe I could just learn in the Beis in the mornings. He said, sure, you can learn in the Beis in the mornings, but I want you to know you're still not part of the yeshiva. So the boy came back a little late and said, Rebbe, maybe I could stay for lunch. So he said, sure, no problem, you can stay for lunch, but remember, you're still not part of the yeshiva. And the boy came a few weeks later and said, maybe I can stay for the afternoon seder as well. And Abdullah Salvation said, sure, no problem, stay for the afternoon, but remember, you're still not part of the yeshiva. So the boy asked the Rosh Yeshiva, with all due respect, I'm here a whole day. I get to go to Shir, I get to eat lunch. What does it mean I'm not part of the yeshiva? So David Salavichik said, you have to understand, I daven for every one of my Talmidim. I don't have any more room to daven for another Talmud. So I can't take you as my Talmud because I can't daven for you. Such an amazing, amazing lesson. He wouldn't take on an extra student because he doesn't have enough time in his davening for another person to daven for. That shows us what his davening looked like. It shows us what his davening meant. And it shows us devotion, dedication to a student. And this is true not only for our students, but really for people that we come in contact with. People that we know of. Friends, neighbors, and even people we don't know. Rav Pam points out so many times we get a name for a chayla, and it doesn't get into our kishkas. We don't think about it. It's another name we just recite. We should stop and think about who the person is, if we know them for sure. And even if we don't know them, imagine if they are a relative, imagine they're a close friend. Our davening for them would be totally different, it would be on a different level. And that, I think, highlights the idea of dibur. The entire Sefer of Amidbar is about dibur, it's about speech. Realizing that the speech, our davening, who we should be davening for, who we should be concerned for, who should we be worried about. But perhaps this lesson is even clearer later on in this week's parasha. In the same story we know that the Kohen Gadol's passing, when the Kohen Gadol dies, that's when the person gets to go free. So we know the Gemara tells us in Masechah's Makis, famously, that the Kohen Gadol's mother used to bake food and supply food for the inmates in Ir Miklot to ensure they don't daven for the Kohen Gadol's death. You have to remember, if you're sitting in Ir Miklot, your only way out is the Kohen Gadol's dying. So you would think that maybe they would daven every day for the Kohen Gadol to die. So the Kohen Gadol's mother used to come and bring them cookies and cakes to keep them that they're not so motivated, so to say, to leave Ir Mikla. I point out, why is it the Kohen Gadol's mother? Why is it not the Kohen Gadol's wife? So I think the answer is an important lesson over here, that a Jewish mother always worries about their children, no matter how old they are, no matter what position they're in. They could be the Kohen Gadol, but his mother's still going to worry about him. It's an amazing power of the Jewish mother. We find similarly of Chaim Kinevsky, Satsal used to say that even when he was already in his 50s, 
and he was a well-established Talmud Chacham. His mother used to daven every single day that he should grow up to be a Ben Teira. He should grow up to be a Talmud Chacham. Jewish mothers are always worried about their children, no matter how old they get and no matter what position they're in. But the obvious question on this Gemara is, why should we be so... Why was the Kain Gadol's mother so worried about a bunch of guys sitting in an air miklat? Their tefillah is going to have the power to get the Kain Gadol killed? Because a bunch of guys in an Emiklat get together one day and have a Tehillim session for the Kain Gadol's mother, for the Kain Gadol to die. The Kain Gadol's mother should worry. Said the Alta from Kelm that the tefillah of these people in the Emiklat was the most sincere tefillah ever recited. So often when we daven for things, our tefillahs are lacking a little bit of, of sincerity. Why? Because we're thinking in the back of our mind, which person is going to get me to this? We dive in for Parnassus, so we think, okay, so my boss, I'll make a deal. We, we always attribute it to other people. These people in the Amikla knew there is no one else who can make the Kohen Gadol die except for HaKadosh Baruch. Therefore, says the Alta, when they davened, they davened the most sincere, purest tefillah possible. A sincere, pure tefillah where the person davening realizes, no one else can change my life except for HaKadosh Baruch that tefillah has unbelievable powers in Shemai. And therefore the Kohen Gadol's mother had what to be worried about. Because these fellow in an air Miklat, who were davening from the depth of their heart, knowing there's no other way for us to get out of this predicament. We need only Hashem. When a person completely is devoted to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's help, his tefillahs have unbelievable power. And I think that's perhaps the message that we find ourselves right now. We're holding right now Rosh Chodesh over the middle of the nine days. We're supposed to be feeling the loss of the Beis HaMikdash. It's not just about not eating meat. It's not just about not going swimming. It's not just about the limitations and regulations. It's about a feeling. Are we feeling, are we yearning for the loss of the Beis HaMikdash? How many of us actually daven daily and mean it that Kosh Baruch should bring the Gula? We just said how important tefillah is. A sincere tefillah. No one else can bring the Gula besides Vakadosh Baruch Hu. There's no one else to dive into. It's not going to come from an army. It's not going to come from a president. It's going to come from Vakadosh Baruch Hu. So this should be the most sincere tefillah that we dive in. Every day, please bring the Gula. Please bring the Gula. But sadly, I know and I think that many of us don't. Maybe we reference it in Hashman Esrei and Metzapah Yeshua. But do we dive in with the depth of our heart that we would dive in for someone who's sick? Or we were to daven for a family member to succeed the way we daven for the Mashiach to come? And that's what we need to work on during these days. We need to remind ourselves that if we were to daven the way they davened in their Miklot, if we were to daven with such, with, such, with such sincerity, and realizing no one else can control the Gula besides Vakarish Baruch Hu, I think our daven will be a different davening. And Yaakov Kamenetsky explained the difficult Gemara in Sanhedrin. The Gemara says, Ein Mashiach Ba, Mashiach will not come until Klai Yisrael gives up hope of the Geula. Asks Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, Mashiach won't come until we give up hope? Explained Rabbi Yaakov, Mashiach won't come until we give up hope of it coming from someone else. As long as we think the Geula is going to come from a country, a president, a general, an army, we're wasting our time. Once we come to the realization that Mashiach will come from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and there's only one source and reason to daven for, and only one person to daven to, then we could talk about the Gula coming. So as all of Klai Yisrael finishes Pasha's Master this week, we think to ourselves, look at the power of tefillah. 
If those guys in the Mikrot could dive for the Kohen Gadol to die, and it could have worked, what would happen if we all dive for Mashiach? Wouldn't it work? But we have to ask ourselves, are we really davening for it? Are we thinking about it? Or are we planning our Shabbos Nachamu plans already now? So as we close out Sefer Bamidbar and we realize and we value and we internalize the message of Sefer Bamidbar is the value of speech. Use it well. Use it properly. Use it to be marbish shalom. Use it to bring people together. Not chas shalom using words to separate us. Using the power of tefillah to bring us together. Using the power of tefillah to daven for those under us, whether it be our children, grandchildren, students, neighbors, and friends. And going beyond that, to daven for anyone who needs, a, who needs a Yeshua. And looking at them like they're our friends and our family. And ultimately realizing that the, all, the only way we're going to get out of this galus is if we daven to the one who controls the galus, which is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Let's daven the way they daven in the near Miklat. Let's dive in the most sincere tefillah that we could. And in Mishra Shem, if we take that message, all of Klai Yisrael together, in all areas, we learn the message of Parshas Sefer Bamidbar and Parshas Matas Masa in Mishra Shem. We'll dive in for what we want. And when thousands of Jews are davening, Hashem can't say no. But as the Chavetz Chaim said famously, and other Rebbe Diskin and others, are we really asking for Him to come? Are we really begging? Or we're saying it's okay, we don't mind the gullahs, it's manageable. Mr. Hashem, we should take away from this week's parasha the, the push, the impetus to daven for the gula. We should all daven for the gula with such amkus, depths of our heart, meaning it like we don't want anything else. Mr. Hashem, Hashem should see our sincerity, our honesty, our desire to end this gullus. Mr. Hashem, we shouldn't have to go through the nine days. We shouldn't have to deal with what you're allowed to eat, what you're not allowed to eat, what you can wear, what you can't wear. We won't deal with any of that. Because as the Navi promised us, these days will turn into days of joy. Sasin Vesimcha with the arrival of Mashiach, Bemhebi Amenu, have a wonderful Shabbos.